The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's Word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes. By hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Amen. Uh, well, uh, we started a series uh, many weeks ago talking about the grace of God and its effects. Amen. Uh, the grace of God produces uh, after its kind. Grace is not a doctrine. Uh, grace is God's divine enablement uh, that produce after its kind. Can I get an amen? And so we looked at, uh, we're looking at the book of Romans and we've been on a journey. Uh, we've looked at uh, Romans from chapter number one uh, all the way through chapter number uh, 10. Last week, Pastor Dan's uh, looked at uh, chapter number 9 and 10. And so what we learn from the book of Romans is that, you know, God's divine enablement, God's grace, uh, Jesus uh, paid for it at the cross. And so now we can receive it freely by, by his uh, grace. Amen. Uh, we don't have to earn it. Jesus already paid for it. And so now what's up to us is to uh, uh, receive it, access it, if you will, Romans 5, 2. Uh, by faith, you know, when we apply our faith, we gain access to the arena of grace. Amen. And so what we also learned is that this grace uh, empowers us uh, to live above sin. It empowers us uh, to produce fruit. And uh, today we are continuing in the same breath. Uh, but what happened is that when we got to chapter number 8, you know, the Apostle Paul took a little uh, intermission. Uh, those of you who are a little older would remember this. Way back in the day, uh, they would stop the movie right in the middle uh, for what they called intermission. Am I the only one who remembers that? They, they would, you know, people are like, man, pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> They would stop the movie right in the middle, way back in my day, you know, they would stop the middle, and they called it, anybody know what I'm talking about? They called it intermission, and really what they wanted us to do is to spend money, you know, buy some extra popcorn, and uh, if you were on a tight budget, you didn't like intermissions, but moving right along, uh, you know, the Apostle Paul took a little detour, intermission if you will, in chapter number 9. Uh, chapter number 10 and chapter number 11, and it starts to talk about Israel as a nation and how it fits into the grace story, you know, and it starts to say things like, you know, you who have now been uh, engrafted into the branch or into the family of God uh, should be humble. He tells the church to, at Rome to chill out. He says, now you have been, uh, Israel was removed so that you could be engrafted, but there is coming a time where Israel will finally make 
make it back into the family of God. And so he's telling uh, the people to, to be humble about our new privileged position as uh, sons in the kingdom of God. Amen. And uh, today we're going to move uh, along and go back to chapter number 12, which is really a continuation of chapter number 8. And chapter number 8 is focused on showing you who you are positionally and what you can experience from the grace of God that is uh, bestowed upon your life. And so in chapter number 12, he's continuing. You could actually literally read chapter number 8 and skip and go to chapter 12, and it will perfectly flow and make uh, a lot of sense. Amen? And so he says in chapter number 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, what's interesting is the Apostle Paul, uh, the, the phrase reasonable service is uh, the Greek word oligical, which means uh, logical. So essentially what the Apostle Paul is saying is after the grace that you have been shown, uh, salvation by grace through faith, the, now the logical thing to do with it is to present your bodies a living sacrifice. What that simply means is to present your body uh, for use for the kingdom of God. Amen? And so that's the first, uh, uh, you know, a part of this instruction. And uh, he doesn't leave this to our imagination, you know, thinking about how we're going to do this. How are we going to present our bodies a living sacrifice? And he tells us in verse number two, he says, and do not uh, be conformed to this world or to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And so part of presenting uh, ourselves as a living sacrifice before God is allowing the grace of God to flow through us so that we can actually uh, manifest that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Just like I said uh, a few moments ago, the grace of God or grace is, is, is not a doctrine, it's a way of life. Amen? Uh, grace is a way of life that produces after its kind. If it's true Bible, grace is going to produce that good, someone say good, acceptable and perfect will of God. And so the will of God is always good, acceptable, and perfect. Now, is sickness good? So it's not the will of God. Amen? I said amen. And so, you know, the Apostle Paul is, is, is calling the church, is inviting us to be at a place where we can manifest. The word prove means to manifest. He wants, he wants this church thing not to just be a church thing. He wants you to actually experience it. He wants you to taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. They say the, the, the proof of the pudding. What do they say? Eating it, right? I hope that's what they mean. <laughs> the, the, the what? The proof is in the pudding. When I eat the pudding, then I'll tell you, man, this is good pudding. I hope that's what they mean. Amen? I said amen. And so when it comes to this verse, you know, Christianity, he just doesn't want it to be a pie in the sky. 
Just someday, one day it's going to get better. In fact, that's what they preached, you know, in the church where I grew up. I'm not knocking on them. They were working with what they had. That's what they preached in the church that I grew up. They just kept postponing the, the will of God to someday. Someday it's going to get better. Don't worry. Right now it's, it can get a little tough, which is true, but it's going to get better. And when they say it was going to get better was the problem with me. They said it was going to get better after I die. Now the problem was I wanted it to get better next week. I didn't want the pie in the, in the sky. I wanted the steak in the plate. Amen. Amen. Did that rhyme? <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Have you ever preached and be like, man, that's a good preach. <laughs> Amen. And so the Apostle Paul wants you and I, all of us, to experience this good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Good, acceptable, and perfect in your marriage. Good, perfect, and acceptable in your job, in your career. Good, perfect, and acceptable in your body. Good, perfect, and acceptable in your calling. All of this is available and we can experience it. And thank God the Apostle Paul tells us how all of this happened. He says it happens by number one. Do not be conformed to this world. That word conform means to be poured into a mold. You know, when they're trying to shape uh, iron, they uh, uh, burn it until it becomes liquid iron. Then they shape it. They put it into a mold. And whatever mold they fit it into, that's the shape that it takes. And essentially, that's what the enemy is trying to do with us, is he's trying to bring all these kind of problems to to shape us into a mold of, of being a victim. How many of you know that you have a choice in the matter? You don't have to be a victim. Amen? He's trying to shape us into a mold of, of, of thinking lack. He's trying to shape us into a mold of uh, a sickness and, and disease and just, you know, living like the rest of the world. To which the Bible is saying, uh, uh, do not allow to be shaped. Do not allow your life to be shaped into a mold that is based on the world system. Amen. I said, amen. But what should we do? Be transformed. It's interesting that he didn't say, do not be conformed uh, to this world. And uh, he didn't say then, I think you might, you, you might want to consider some transformation. No, he actually gives it as a, as a divine imperative. He says, be that. Be transformed. Be changed. Amen. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you are transformed by the renewing of your mind, you are only then able to manifest what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. And so it's sad to say that, you know, uh, the church hasn't really uh, grabbed a hold of what this verse is talking about. It's talking about transformation, right? Seeing some change in our lives uh, through changing uh, the way we think, rewiring uh, the way we think. And, and, and I mean, for many, many years, the church has gathered around an emotional frenzy where, where we, we come to a place like this and uh, we sing the fast songs, uh, praise the Lord, we get into the slow ones. Uh, but what we do is when we do all of that, we, we do it in search of a feeling. We, we, we're chasing an emotional frenzy. We're chasing a, a goosebump or a touch. Some people even sing about, Lord, all I need is a touch. The Lord wants to come and abide on the inside of you, and all you're going to settle for is just a touch. 
Oh, just not a single amen. Not a single amen in the building. The Lord is saying, man, I want to come live on the inside of you. And you say, no, Lord, all I want is just to touch. Just because I'm this, I'm this uh, no good sinner thing. All, all I can is, no, I want to abide. I want to live on the inside of you. So that you may be able to say, he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. But, but we did all of that because uh, we were trained uh, to look for an emotion. Now, ain't nothing wrong with getting an emotion or an emotional experience, right, in a service like this. But while you're doing that, you must realize that God also wants to activate you intellectually. God wants to change the way you think. Because it is only then will you begin to experience transformation. That's a big word, right? It means a radical change. You know, if you look it up in the Greek, the word transformation is the Greek word metamorpho, uh, uh, where we get the English word uh, metamorphosis. And um, what it means is a, a radical change of form uh, to where your new form has no traces of your previous form. And so the analogy that we use uh, with this usually is when a caterpillar uh, is transformed into a butterfly. Right? When you look at a butterfly, you don't even see traces of a caterpillar. And so when the Apostle Paul says, uh, be transformed by changing the way you think, he's saying to the church that there is a transformation available for you and I that we can experience in God, that God will work on us so good that our new life will have no traces of our past life. People will swear you never went through a divorce. People, hey, listen, after God is done transforming you, people will swear you were never poor before. People will swear you were never hurt before. Because God's transformation, your new life will have no traces of your past life. Be transformed. Be that. Amen? And if you look at the two creatures, I mean, think about it. When you look at the caterpillar, it, it, it's out there crawling in the dirt. It's slow. It's a slow creature. It's eat, it eats in the dirt. Scientifically, it's been proven that it is blind. And so it, it, it lives its life uh, uh, just, you know, walking around, bumping into stuff. Does that sound like someone you know? <laughs> and what's interesting also is that it's, not only is it, is it blind, it carries with it blinding chemicals that can make people that come into interaction uh, with it blind. I know we eat them. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Some good protein, right? Mopani worms. Anybody know? I like Mopani worms. You put, uh, dry them things and then fry them. Oof, it's so good. Amen. Am I the only one? Okay. Pasta eats worms. <laughs> You all eat worms, right? Yeah, I'm like, man. <laughs> and so this thing is here. And, 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 and there's a transformation that takes place. And when the process is finished, it becomes a beautiful, colorful creature that does not crawl in the dirt. But it, it flies around, enjoying a beautiful sunny day. It doesn't eat from the dirt or in the dirt. It now eats from flower petals. 
Ooh, thank you, Jesus. And, 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 and here's something else. It not, it's not blind anymore. They say a butterfly has the ultra vision, a vision that's a thousand, five hundred times better than a vision of a human being. And so when God says be transformed, it means way more than that. It means way more than just a change of clothes. Amen. I said, amen. God, there's a radical transformation available for his children that your past life will not be welcome in your new life. And we do this by doing what? By changing our thoughts. And what's interesting is this is the first sermon that Jesus ever preached when he walked on the earth. First ever sermon that he preached when he walked on the earth. He said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. What that word repent uh, mean is metanoia. Change the way you think. For there is a new way of, of thinking. A new dispensation of thinking called the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is saying, change the way you're thinking. Because there is a new way of thinking in town. And so if you don't change the way you, you, you think, uh, man, you, you, you're not going to experience the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Two kinds of, in fact, three kinds of uh, Christians uh, that you will find in the world. It doesn't matter where you are. In fact, two kinds of Christians, three kinds of people. You know, the first uh, group of people, I call them unbelievers. You know, it's just people out there. And uh, what they need is salvation. And so the message we preach to them is, you know, turn or burn. No, 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 we don't say that. We, we say, we say, <laughs> no, we don't say that. We say Jesus died for you at the cross and you can receive salvation. Amen. <laughs> That's the first group, right? The second group is, uh, I call them uh, believers, ignorant believers. So they're the caterpillar. They're believers. They're going to heaven. They just live in the caterpillar life while they're here on earth. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough. Amen. They refuse to change their thinking with regards to marriage. So their marriage is kuraf. It gets rough. If you don't change your thinking. How many of you know that if you don't change your thinking around marriage, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. I, I told the people who were doing a marriage course, I told them, I said marriage is brutal to selfish people. Now, if you don't change your thinking around that, you're going you're gonna to experience the caterpillar kind of marriage. <laughs> Moving right along very far. No, that, that didn't get a single amen. Did you see that? <laughs> that didn't get nothing. <laughs> amen. Let's move, let's move to the next one. So ignorant believers, they're going to heaven. They just don't experience heaven on earth. Now, Jesus wants us to experience heaven on earth. This is why he said, pray and say, let your will be done on as it is in heaven. He wants you to experience heaven on earth. But it's not going to happen if you don't change the way you think. And transformation does not come through prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is good, but it doesn't come through prayer and fasting. Transformation does not come through uh, the laying on of hands. Laying on of hands is great. But that's not how transformation comes. Man, I wish I could come here. Transformation Tuesday. Transformation Tuesday. And then we invite everybody. Come to Transformation Tuesday. 
the anointing is going to be flowing. Transformation. And everybody comes and, you know, Marshall and the band, they lead us in worship. And then I come up here with a bottle of oil. Transformation Tuesday, just do this. and You fall down. You've got to fall down. You fall down, you get up transformed. I wish we could do that. Unfortunately, that's not how the Apostle Paul says it comes. He says it comes through changing the way we think. We have to change the way we think about everything. Amen? Amen? Amen. What, what's your thought uh, uh, process around uh, stuff in general? You know, just stuff. You have to change the way you think around stuff if you're going to have an abundance of stuff. Amen. I said amen. What's your, what's your thought process around all these different things? It has to align with God's word and not the world system. In the area of, 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 of prosperity, for example, the world system says if you want to prosper, you, 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 you need to do everything you can. You know, in fact, there's someone who said this. He says you've got to get rich or die trying. What they mean by that is, if you have to stab people in the back, you, you, you go ahead and do that. If you have to kill them, go ahead and do that just to get the, the, the dollar. That's the world system. The world system says when you get it, you know, you, you get as much as you can and keep it. Right? Hoard it. And over here, the kingdom system says, if you want to get some, give it away. And it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall man give into your bosom? And so if you're running on this system, uh, man, you, you, you're going to have a tough time. Uh, Proverbs 11 verse 24 says, There is he who withholds more than his meat, and it leads to poverty. You're going to have a rough time if you don't change your thinking around stuff. Amen. I said, amen. And so we have to change our thinking around all these different things so that we can align our thinking with God's word. And so Jesus' first sermon was repent. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That word repent is a compound word. You know, two English words, R-E, repent, which means to go back. And pent, where we get the English, you know, uh, a word penthouse, pent, you know, something at the top. That's pent, something at the top. And so when Jesus said repent, he was saying go back to thinking top thoughts or high thoughts. Why? Because my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. When you receive God's thoughts, they are much higher. And when you start functioning at the thought of God's thinking, it will produce what I like to call the higher life. Or the butterfly life. You want to live the butterfly life? Man, someone was saying this. I, I couldn't believe it. Someone said, you know, the way I read the Bible, this is what they say. True story. They said the way I read the Bible is that these days we have Bibles that we can play, right? Put it on audio and just play. He said the way I read the Bible is I go to sleep and just play it and it just amazes me. <laughs> it's just, it just showers me while I'm sleeping. No, that's not how you renew your mind. Can I get an amen? <laughs> That's not how you renew your mind. The way to renew your mind is to be intentional about changing every single thing, every single thought that you have that is contrary to God's word. And bringing all the thoughts into submission under God's word. Amen? I said amen. And so, really, uh, if we go to Second. Uh, Corinthians chapter number 5, 
uh, verse 17, this is what he says, right? 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 17. Uh, you as a human being, you are a tripartite being, right? That's, that's, that's the big you. And uh, you are three parts. That's all it means is that you are a spirit. Uh, you possess a soul. And you live in a body. In that order, right? You know, I've seen some gyms try to switch it up. They start with body, soul, and spirit. So they don't make the spirit the, the main thing. Now, the Bible never says body, soul, and spirit. It says spirit, soul, and body in that order. Because your spirit is the primary uh, thing. Uh, uh, is, in fact, your spirit is the real you. Yeah. Amen? You are not your thoughts. You are not your, uh, even though your thoughts affect you, you are not your body. You are a spirit. You just happen to possess thoughts, which is your mind, will, choices, right? And emotions, right? And so the real you is a spirit. And so when scripture says in 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17, Therefore, if any man is in Christ, uh, he is a new what? Creation. All things have passed away and everything became new. It used to confuse me because I received Jesus. Everything became new. But when I went and I looked in the mirror, nothing had become new. Why? Because what became new was my spirit. Amen. What became new was my spirit. My spirit became brand new. I got a, a brand new spirit that looks just like Jesus. First John 4, 17, as he is, so am I in this world. And not only does it look like Jesus, it's loaded with every good thing, everything that I need that pertains to life in godliness is already in your spirit. Everything. If you go to uh, Philemon uh, 1, 6, let's go to Philemon 1, 6, and uh, it's going to you know, uh, show us something that's really neat. Philemon or Philemon, depending on where you're from. Philemon, <laughs> one six, right? He says this. He says that the uh, sharing of your faith may become effective by acknowledgement of how many? Every good thing, which is in who? In you. And so every good thing is already in you, in Christ Jesus. Every good thing has already been deposited in your in your spirit, uh, but it has to find its way to your to your body if you're going to experience it. And unfortunately, it has to pass through your mind, will, and emotions. And your mind, will, and emotions have to be the bridge uh, that it, it walks on for it to get to be experiential uh, uh, knowledge over here or to be manifested in your life over here in your body. If you don't create this bridge through your thinking, uh, you're going to have every good thing uh, in you, but you'll, ne it will never be, you'll never experience it. And this is why he says, as a man thinks in his heart, so easy. Uh, if prosperity is over here, right? Uh, if you don't create uh, a thinking uh, that is aligned with this prosperity, there won't be any bridge for this prosperity to find its way uh, into your, 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 your natural carnal realm, which is your body. Amen? Amen. Let me give it to you another way. If you read in Galatians 5, uh, verse 17, it says this. It says, the, fle the, the, the flesh wages war against the spirit, and the spirit wages war against the flesh. And so the, these, two, these two bad boys, right, the spirit over here and your body, they're always fighting because your body is saying we are broke. Your spirit is saying we are prosperous. Your body is saying I'm sick. Your spirit is saying we are healed. So these two guys, the apostle Paul says in Galatians 5, 17, these two guys are always uh, contrary. 
Because your, your spirit is saying, I am God's beloved, created for good things. Your body is saying, that's not what they said in the news. Y'all seeing that? And so the question is, who wins? Because they're fighting. They're in a boxing match. Your, carnal, your carnality is always in a boxing match with spirituality. And the question is, who wins? Do you know who wins? Whoever your mind votes for. It becomes a majority. If your mind decides to vote for your body, to be carnally minded is what? It's two against one, but to be carnally minded will produce death. If your mind is renewed and it decides to vote for God's word, to be spiritually minded is what? Is life and peace. And so these two will overwhelm this and it will have no chance but to be submitted to what these two are doing. But if these two gang up on this, even though you are prosperous in your spirit, if your mind says we are broke, if your mind says we are sick, we really are sick. And your mind gang up, your body and your mind gang up on the spirit, the spirit has no chance. Hey, we'll pray. We'll pray. <laughs> we'll, we'll lay hands until the, there's, a, there's a ridge. <laughs> I will pray. But if you don't allow yourself to start thinking different, we can't help you much. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is it. Go with me to Deuteronomy 7.17. You've got to change the way you think. Amen. That's amen. Deuteronomy 7.17. Is this helping you? And so this is why we have things like life group. And we say go to life group. The reason you go to life group is to sit around the word so that you can all help each other start thinking different. Amen. And what's interesting as well about the things that really uh, bring uh, a change of, of thinking are not spectacular. It's just sitting around. I mean, there's not much action uh, with Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. It feels like there's, not, there's no action. What are you doing, Mary? I'm just sitting here uh, listening to Jesus. Come on, let's do something. Martha, Martha, come on, come to the kitchen. Let's do something. Let's, let's serve. Let's do something. Let's, you know? And Jesus said this. He said, Mary chose the good part. And the part that Mary chose cannot be taken away from her. You know what? They can persecute you. They can try to fight you. They can even take away your stuff. They can even try and, and put things on you. If your mind is renewed, sooner or later you'll be back to the top. And then if your mind is messed up uh, and your, your body, they gang up on, on this, they can try and short-circuit uh, the system and give you a ton of money. If these two guys are ganging up on this one guy, you will fight your way back to really where your mind is. Because you live your life at the level of your thinking. And so he says in Deuteronomy 7.17 in the King James, this is what he says. This is God speaking to the children of Israel. So God had come to the children of Israel and he said to them, he said, listen, I've already given you past tense, this land that flows with milk and honey. And so it just so happens that this land is a, had a bunch of uh, tall people, right? You know, and uh, the children of Israel started convincing their minds uh, uh, and, to, and their bodies that this land was never theirs. It, it was an impossible dream. And so God says this to them. He says, if you shall say in thine heart, these nations are more than I, then God turns around and he says, how can I dispossess them for you? 
So God is saying, if you say in your heart, I'm just a nobody, God turns around and says, man, how can I even help? I'm God Almighty. But once you say it in your heart, touch is a move. <laughs> Amen? But thank God, here's the good news. You ready for the good news? The good news is you can change your mind. Amen? That's the good news. The good news is you and I can change. And I'm so glad that it's up to me. I'm glad because it's not up to my kids. It's not up to uh, uh, my boss. It's not up to the government. It's up to me. My problem is wherever I see in the, wherever I find in the mirror. You know, when you go home, uh, go into the bathroom, close the door behind you, and go look in the mirror. Wherever you find in that mirror, that's the person you need to work on. That could preach at a marriage seminar. I'm telling you, that could preach. Amen. You shouldn't be trying to work on somebody else. You should be working on you. The person you should be working on is you and changing the way you think. And so God Almighty is saying, if you say in your heart, these nations are mightier than we, how can I dispossess them for you? Even God won't be able to help you. And so God gave them this land and... Um, Ooh, we have four minutes. God gave them this land, and he says to the, he said this to them. He said, now I want you to go and possess this land. And uh, Moses, you know, came up with a plan. Uh, this land had already been given, paid for in full. And Moses came up with a plan. He said, now I want to send, you know, uh, spies into the land so that they can decide which one we are going to take first. So God had given them 10 cities. And so Moses sent, you know, uh, 12 spies. He said, I want you to go check out the land. And then when you come back, let us know which one we are going to possess. That was the instruction. When Moses sent to uh, the, the 12 spies to, the, to spy the land, they, the, the, they were not spying to see if, whether or not God could give it to them. God had already given it to them. Amen. Amen. So it's like if someone goes to a dealership and buys 10 cars for you and says, just go and figure out which one you want first for, for this month. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and, and then I go there, and then when I come back, I start talking about the price. Yeah, I saw those cars, but yeah. Yeah. That's what the children of Israel did. He sent them to go pick the one they wanted to receive first. And when they came back, uh, the first group, you know, got up. Moses said, tell the people what you saw. And they got up. And uh, verse 32, uh, Numbers chapter number 13, uh, verse 32, the first group got up. And uh, it says this. In their PowerPoint presentation to the nation now of Israel, this is what they say. It says, uh, they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, you know, an evil report, that may sound like, you know, strong, but evil report is anything that contradicts God's word. Whenever you tell yourself, I'm a failure, that's an evil report. It doesn't have to have a witchcraft and have someone flying on a broom and for it to be evil. If it contradicts God's word, it's an evil report. Let me give you another one. If you say I'm not going to make it this month because of the finances I have, it's an evil report because it contradicts. You see, when we say evil report and we move on, you're thinking, I never bring evil reports. Anything that contradicts God's word is an evil report. 
Can I get an amen? And so they brought an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search, uh, to search it is a land that eats up its inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature, which is a lie, right? There's not a single country in the world where everyone is a man of great stature. Everybody walking around big biceps and a six-pack. No, that's a lie. That's not true. You're going to find some people, real people, and this will preach again to the singles. I'm just trying to help you with your list. <laughs> the list of qualities. I'm just trying to, we need to panel. Some of your lists just need to be panel, beaten a little bit. Just make it realistic. Amen. This is a land of Brad Pitts. This one. Is Brad Pitts still the man? Oh, he's not the man? Next verse, verse 33. Now watch this. It gets, it gets serious now. This is what they said. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak. I believe the, the reason why the Lord had put giants in that land was because he wanted the children of Israel to inherit big houses. And, and, and king size, king size beds. Extra length. Amen. That's the reason. Not to intimidate the children of Israel. He says, the, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were, in whose sight? In whose sight? Notice they didn't say we were in the giants' eyes. They said we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. Now watch the net effect of seeing yourself as a grasshopper. So were we in their eyes. Life, people, people will treat you the way you see yourself. I wonder why they always treat me like a grasshopper. <laughs> we have the answer, right? Stop seeing yourself as a grasshopper. Amen? Yeah. You know, young single women. I wonder why they treat me like a, like a loose woman. Stop, stop, stop seeing yourself like one. Yeah, the amens are dying. <laughs> I wonder, at work, I wonder why they just treat me any kind of way. Stop seeing yourself that kind of Hey, start seeing yourself like I'm a child of God. Someone shout, I'm called by God. Someone shout, I'm created. In his image. Someone shout, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Someone shout, I'm God's workmanship. Created for good things. Amen. Well, I'm not talking about being prideful. I'm talking about having an accurate identity that is based on God's word. If God says you are valued, then you are valued. Amen. And so they saw themselves as grasshoppers, but I like uh, Joshua and Caleb. And while they were seeing themselves as grasshoppers, it's interesting how the, the, the giants were looking at them. 
We never really read this verse. But when the giants heard that the children of Israel were coming, look at what the giants said. Let's go to Joshua. We're going to come back to Numbers 13, but let's go to Joshua chapter number 2, verse number 10. You know, a lot of you are intimidated by your problems, but let me tell you, your problems are intimidated by you. Here's what he says in Joshua 2, uh, 2 verse 10. He says, this is the giants speaking. You know, the giants that you heard with a great stature? This is the giants speaking. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you. When, we, when you came out of Egypt, and what you did unto the kings of the Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. Your problems are saying, we have heard what Jesus did to us at the cross and how he gave you that authority to do the same to us every single day of your life. The problem is, you just don't know it. Man, you take a moment to go into the enemy's camp and find out what they're saying about you. They're freaking out when you wake up. Hell catches a hiccup when you wake up. Amen. Now watch what happened. Verse number 11. It gets better. This is the giant speaking. This is your problems. I don't care what problem you have today. Your problem is afraid of you. This is money problems talking. This is sickness talking. Amen. Here's what he said. He said, as soon as we heard these things, our hearts did melt. This is the giant speaking. Neither did there remain any more courage or strength in any man because of you. And because... Uh, for the Lord, your God, he is good. This is your problems. This is COVID-19. This is COVID-19 talking. It's saying for your God is a God. And you are saying, I need a mask. Someone, someone the people still wearing masks. Man, I couldn't believe this. The airlines are saying you don't need a mask anymore. The people still wearing masks. Oh, Lord Jesus. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, you know, if it's a fashion statement, you know, do your thing. But he says this. For the, because of you, for the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. This is your problem speaking. This is your money problem speaking. This is your relationship problem speaking. It's saying we know that your God can, can shush us away. In a hurry. And he has given that authority to you. And, and, and he says when, they, we, when we heard you were coming. Because they know you are the carriers of God. Man, all that's missing between you and really living the life of your dream is to change your thinking about who you really are. Realize the, the authority that God has put on the inside of you and realize uh, that, that God is, is, is for you. He's fighting uh, through you and, and these problems have no chance. Can I get an amen? And so Joshua and Caleb... Joshua and Caleb, let's go back to Numbers 13, verse 30. It was their turn to give their PowerPoint presentation uh, to the people. And this is what they said. Uh, verse 30 of Numbers 13. It says, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. He stopped them. He shushed them. He says, guys, 
quiet down. And this is what he said. He said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And uh, if you continue reading the story, you'll find out that uh, the, the, the majority of the nation of Israel uh, went with uh, the ten spies, and so they didn't make it into the promised land. And uh, only Joshua and Caleb, out of an entire generation, estimated to be about five million people that left Egypt, only two experience what God had for them. Only two out of two, out of five million. That's a sorry statistic. Amen? Only two had the courage to say, we're going to go with God's word. We're not going to allow for ourselves to see ourselves as a grasshopper. Amen? Man, I'm telling you, how you see yourself matters. And you need to see yourself the way God sees you. Amen? I said amen. And so Joshua and Caleb, you know, out of the two, they made it to the promised land, a new generation of people. And when they got there, they experienced the, the land that, you know, was flowing with milk and honey. Everybody else, you know, missed out on this glorious opportunity because they allowed carnality. They allowed the outside world to shape their thinking. It's all about the way you think. Whatever you think, you are right. Whatever you, did you hear that? Whatever you think, you're right. If you think you're not going to make it, you're right. You, you will not. If you think with God's help you will make it, you're right. If you think your needs are not going to be met, you're right. They won't be. If you think God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, you're right. Amen. If you think heaven on earth cannot be experienced, it's an afterlife thing, you're right. And if you think heaven can be experienced right here on earth, you're right. And so God is calling us to a place where we start aligning our thinking with his word. Amen? Amen. Prophetically, God is saying, come on up to a place of higher thoughts. Do not allow the world to sow seeds of thoughts in your heart. Only allow my word. Because my word is not void of power to produce after its kind. And so when we become intentional about guarding our hearts. You know, a story is told of uh, Lester Samuel. He went to visit uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth at his house, you know, in, in the rainy cold of uh, London. And uh, when he got to his house, uh, he had a newspaper under his arm and he knocked and, you know, Smith opened his door and he says, uh, come in, but don't bring those lies, you know, into this house. And people think, you know, Smith was being fanatic about his uh, uh, Christianity. No, no, no. Smith understood that things out there are trying to shape his thinking. And if you allow things out there to shape your thinking, hey, some of you think you're just watching a series, right? You think you're just watching uh, a soapy, and meanwhile, they're training you in divorce. Oh, you get a good training. Oh, man. And, 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 and by the time it hits you, some of you won't be even be quoting the Bible. You'll be quoting Cindy from the series. This is how Cindy, this is how Cindy dealt with it. Anybody know somebody like that? <laughs> Amen. A music. I've heard people quote rap songs. 
This is what Jay-Z says. Forget what Jay-Z says. What does the Bible say? I'm not going to live. You think I'm going to build my life on what Jiga said? So this is what Jiga said. I don't care what Jiga said. What does the Bible say? Why don't you stand on your fist? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you. Someone shout, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that my mind is submitted to your word. Someone shout, I bring every thought into submission under your word. Someone shout, my mind shall be shaped, developed, empowered by God's word and his word only. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so when we allow God's word to shape our thinking, we start to think uh, spiritually and we begin to produce uh, a spiritual harvest. And so God is calling us to a place where we begin to think like him. And God has given us 66 books of his word that reveal to us how God thinks, how God uh, functions. And as we submit ourselves to his leadership, forsaking all other, forsaking our feelings, there are some that have elevated our feelings to be God in their lives. The word of God says one thing and they say, but this is how I feel about it. God is calling you to a place of total surrender. God is calling you to a place where you are completely surrendered to his will and allow his word to begin to shape your thinking. Some of you, you've allowed the world outside to tell you what's impossible. Just like the 10 spies. Man, this is for someone here today in the morning. Uh, just today as you were coming to church, uh, the enemy was telling you your, your dream is impossible. And thank God you came to church because God is saying your dream is possible for all things are possible to him who believes. The enemy was telling you uh, your relationship is impossible to turn around. And you were growing weary because of this set of thoughts uh, that the enemy was planting in your heart. God is uprooting and destroying those thoughts and is planting and rebuilding on the foundation of his word right now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for thoughts of possibility. Lord, we thank you for thoughts that are planted that will bring forth a harvest of good and great faith. We thank you, Father, that we shall not be limited by circumstances. We shall not be limited uh, by, by the natural realm. For we are connected to the spiritual realm. I thank you, Father, for every family represented here today. I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for them corporately. I thank you, Father, that together as a unit, you are bringing them to a higher place. I thank you, Father. For those that need financing, 
doors that need opportunities and the enemy has been tormenting them and telling them it is impossible not for someone like you Lord I just thank you Father that you are breaking that mold you are breaking that mold right now I break it in the name of Jesus and Lord we thank you that your word is building on a new mold a mold of possibility thank you Father thank you Jesus thank you Jesus now I want to pray for someone you're here and uh, uh, it really feels like uh, uh, it's a career move it's going to the next level uh, in your career or your job and right in front of you the vision I see is it's, it's a brick wall and it's not a real brick wall it's just uh, one of those uh, green screens that they they put is actually like a wallpaper that is painted with uh, that you can literally just it's, it's made out of tissue right in front of you and it's been intimidating you for so long you just haven't made that move because this wall has been speaking to you and preaching to you and, and just saying it's impossible. You can't go through to the next level. I want to pray uh, for those people. I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask you where you are just to be bold and, and lift your hand if that's you. If that's your word, just lift your hand where you are and I'm going to pray for you. I see those hands going up all over the building and we're going to pray. Father, I pray right now for every single hand that has been raised. And Lord, I thank you that scales are falling off their eyes to see this wall for really what it is. That it is not a real obstacle. It is not a real limitation. It is an illusion. And so Lord, I thank you right now that these, your children, you are giving them a strength and a courage to just step out. And as they walk, Lord, I thank you that this thing is falling apart and they are stepping into a new dimension. They are stepping into their new level. It is a new day today. It's a day of going to the next level. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for it. I thank you that they're not going to be stuck with the rest of the millions that believe that they are grasshoppers. I thank you that they are crossing over, stepping into a new place where they will believe just like Caleb and Joshua believe, just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ showed us how to believe. Lord, I thank you that they're stepping into that place and they will believe and step into a new realm and a new dimension. I thank you, Father, that this is a testimony in the making. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's, it's not going to work like magic. As you leave this place, if your limits was finances, go and find at least 10 scriptures that talk about God's provision. Go and find stories of people that were in dire need. And memorize them word for word. Put them in your heart to a place where you can actually see the widow of Zarephath walking around with a little tiny bit of oil. And you see God's word ministering to her and how everything was turned around. Amen. 
walk around and have these words in your heart where God says he himself is the one that will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. If it's sickness you're dealing with, man, go and find at least 10 stories of people getting healed in scripture and walk alongside Jesus and see these people getting healed. Amen. I said, amen. It's just not going to happen with a disconnect between your, what's in your spirit and what's in your mind. You have to bring your mind in alignment. See yourself in a different place. And some of you, you believe in God for a car, but you won't even go and sit in the car that you believe in God for. You don't even have it on yourself. Amen. I said, amen. And you ought to go sit in that car, smell the leather and convince your mind that I'm a child of God and this also Jesus paid for so that I could receive it. Amen. And I've had people that I mentor, uh, they believe God to go to different countries and I tell them, man, start cutting, you know, pictures of this country. Start seeing London. Start seeing these places and they cut pictures. They put it on Pinterest. For six months, they're doing that. In the seventh, eighth month, doors start to open automatically because their mind is convinced and it's now ganging up on circumstances. You know, the world people out there, the people that don't know this, they don't know scripture, they will say it's the universe bringing it. We know that it's not the universe. It's Jesus who paid for it and it's the angels delivering it. Amen. The people out there know it works but they don't know how to phrase it. Now we have the original. We know how it works. And people out there will say if you think this way the universe will bring sales to you. It's not the universe. Jesus already paid for it. It's the angels that are bringing it to pass. Amen. I said amen. Now if you're here we also want to pray. Was it family Sunday today? Do we have any visitors? Alright. If you are here and you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Now all of this will not work if you haven't received Jesus and made him your personal Lord and Savior. Amen. It's going to start with receiving Jesus and make him your Lord. If you are here and you have not received Jesus we want to pray with you. The Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will uh, uh, be born again. And so we want to pray for you. If that's you, we're going to ask you to uh, lift up your hand while every eye is closed, every head bowed. If that's you, we want to pray with you. We're going to ask you to lift up your hand wherever you are. Going once, going twice, and going. We're all born again, all going to heaven. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you are here, you have uh, a pain and or sickness in your body, we want to pray for you. That just came to me. Uh, we want to pray for you before you leave. This is a pain-free zone. And those online as well, uh, we want to pray for you. And so if, if you have pain and or, uh, a sickness in your body, uh, we want to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are. Just lift your hand. And we're going to pray for you. I see those hands. Now I want to ask all the believers, turn around. If you see someone with their hand raised, go and lay hands on them. Jesus said, believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. He didn't say pastors. He said, believers, you already have the power that you need to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen. Now say these words after me. Say, body, I command you right now to receive your healing from the sole of your feet to the crown of your head. Be healed right now in Jesus name every broken thing I command it to be restored 
every organ, every tissue, every cell to function to its perfection, to which God created it to function. Be healed right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We love you. God bless you all. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who